It's timely. It's insightful. It's motivating. It's empowering. It's time with Fred, your inspirational broadcast with host Fred Gaddy. Thanks for tuning into another edition of the Time with Fred podcast. This is a podcast that challenges paradigms and mindsets that holds us back. My guest today uh, is Jeremy Slate, and he comes in with a lot of powerful experiences and stories. And if you're watching this or listening to this, you're in for a treat. Jeremy has experienced and conquered some of, some of life's toughest challenges, both personally and professionally. He went through a routine surgery that led him uh, to receive the last rites from a priest. And then a few years later, his mom had a massive stroke, which left her with a permanent disabilities. Professionally, he's tried it all. He's taught, he's done network marketing personal training, uh, selling insurance, but he's been able to turn all of those challenges around and is here as a fellow podcaster to share some inspiration with us. And he joins us via Zoom from New Jersey. Jeremy, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast today. Yeah, Fred, I, I appreciate you having me here, man. I'm, I'm, I'm stoked to, to be hanging out with you, you know, on your side over in Richmond. So, so thanks for having me today, man. The pleasure is all mine. So Jeremy, as your bio says, how do you go from receiving those final rights to your mom going through those challenges and 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 that not stopping you and then for a lot of folks Jeremy who go through life and dealing with one challenge after the other you know it's 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 only but so much that folks can take before that stops them dead in their tracks right how were you able to overcome that right into making you or, or ending you where you are today just take us back a little bit well, you know, it's interesting. So I had I had what was supposed to be like a, a super minor knee surgery back in, in, gosh, I'm trying to think now, like 2006. It's a long time ago. And um, the anesthesia just didn't go well. And um, my blood oxygen levels were just plummeting. And they basically didn't know if they could keep my heart going, which is the big thing because, um, you know, when your, your oxygen drops, you have trouble with your whole pulmonary system and everything else. And, you know, I just wasn't functioning properly and they really couldn't put a finger on, you know, what happened. Uh, I found it later on, it may have been a little bit of malpractice, but you know, it is what it is. Didn't really do anything about that because my viewpoint at the time was, you know, were it me, you know, I've made mistakes in life. I would hope those things wouldn't come back to hit me too hard. And, you know, I want to kind of put out there things I hope to receive. So, so that was kind of the way I handled it. But um, due to that, um, I spent three days in and out of consciousness and it was just really difficult, um, place to be in. And I got last rites from a priest. And the weird thing about it is a lot of the people that I thought were like super close friends, like none of them came to visit me. That, that was the weirdest thing that stood out to me. So the thing I, I feel like I picked up from that was, you know, really, you know, having different expectations for relationships than I previously had. But in terms of like, how it put me through life after that, it didn't really change me at that point in time. It didn't really make this huge impact on my life. And I, I don't know if it was because I was 19, I was young and I was dumb and, and whatever it may be, but it didn't really change my life. When I was 24, um, I was still working at the gym while I was part-time uh, you know, teaching during the week. And I was the, you know, the weekend manager at the gym, but I'd always work out before I, I uh, went to go work out. And I came home because I was still living at home at that time. And I, I had found my mom on the floor. And that was a, a, a really, really difficult place to be in. And I, I'll tell you what, like, had I not had um, my fiance, who at that time uh, was my fiance, who's now my wife, I, I don't know how I would have dealt with that. 
it, it really is kind of having that person there that can hold you, support you, do whatever you need to do. You know, she, she drove my dad and out of the hospital at that point in time because we couldn't do it. And um, I think that really made me look at life and look at what I wanted from life. And I don't know if it's a selfishness thing or what, but when, when it happens to you, it doesn't, for, at least for me, it didn't make an impact. But when it happened to somebody else, it made me realize, you know, the finiteness of life and kind of, you know, like we, we aren't here forever. And like, are you really happy doing what you're doing now? Like, do you want to be doing this for another 40 years? And I looked at myself as, as a very unhappy uh, sophomore high school teacher. And I was, I was miserable and I couldn't see myself doing this for another many years. So I quit when I was presented a network marketing opportunity. I didn't know what that was, first of all. So I thought I was going to be like a multimillionaire in several weeks did not happen like that. And I just went from kind of opportunity to opportunity to opportunity until I did something I loved, which is podcasting. And, and it, it really took off. But for me, like, you know, had those two things not happened, I probably would be on a very different path for my life today. Yeah. And, and going back a little bit, not having you rehash this over and over again, I'm sure you, you've, you've had to do this, but what does one do when they're giving their last rites? Bye-bye, praise you told, okay, your days are numbered, you know, so to speak. How does one process that information? Well, when you're not conscious, you don't. Um, I was just told after the fact that it happened. I wasn't, you know, kind of there with it or, or whatever to, to, to know that that occurred. Um, I just know my parents were there. There uh, was a nun that was a really good, I did a lot of like community service stuff. Like when I was younger, I did like, you know, almost a thousand hours of community service because I just like liked helping. So there was um, a nun that I had done a lot of work for, um, see this, this uh, nonprofit called Partnership for Social Services. And uh, I had done just volunteering work for her for a lot of, for a lot of years. So she was the, the person that kind of had showed up to support my parents. So apparently she was there and my parents were there and, you know, the priest was there. They, they tried to get our parish priest there, but he was too far away and they were kind of concerned of like what was going to happen. So they grabbed like the hospital priest. And uh, apparently I, I got last rites, but I, I was not awake for it. Um, so I, I can't really tell you, um, you know, I get that. What's that, what that's like to process. I just, I, I was told after the fact when I had kind of gotten to a point where I could go home, what had happened. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's fair. But, but now that, now that you, you think about this though, do, do you, do you think that, how did that change your perspective on life knowing that we're here on this earth, um, it's, it's like a journey, right? I mean, our mm -hmm. every day that passed, I was at funeral um, over the weekend. And every time I go for a funeral, I just come home with a different perspective and yeah. asking about life, right? I mean, I get really philosophical, but knowing that this is it, right? This is the moment we have to make an impression. And you've interviewed countless of guests, and I'm sure you've, you've heard this, you know, different testimonies and things like that. Yeah. How does that affect one's perspective knowing that you only have one shot, so to speak, right? And life to, to make it or to make an impact. You know, it's, it's interesting. Cause like, so, so my college major, I was a double major in uh, religion and uh, Catholic theology. So like, I feel like I had always kind of been, been buried in this stuff. And I think you have like a cursory belief or understanding of these things, but when you have kind of a, a shakeup life event, um, you kind of find this thing called faith and you're like, wow, how did I, you know, how did I get there? And, 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 you know, why wasn't I, I had access to all these things that a lot of people may not have access to. And I think I was kind of taking it for granted. So I think there's a little bit of, of a flip to gratitude, which I think is a big thing, right? Like you're, you're grateful for, um, a lot of what you have. 
But at the same time, the thing that happened for me was also this hunger, right? This desire, this desire to do something, to, to create something, to make something happen, to, to, to do something bigger. And frankly, I didn't know how to channel that, right? Because I had, I had always kind of picked the, the career because, oh, I thought this is going to make my parents happy or this is going to, the thing that's going to fit in or the right thing to do. Like I had this, this weird, um, this weird kind of um, interlude in my sophomore year of, of college where I changed my major from Catholic theology to criminal justice for a semester because I wanted to be a cop and please my dad. And I realized, wow, I am not that kind of person. So I ended up going back to kind of the whole religious studies route. Um, but the th- I never really explored what I wanted to do, or what I liked or, or the things that made me happy. So I was kind of willing to just kind of go out, explore and, and experience things. You know, did I have student loan debt? Sure. Did I have no income? Sure. Um, but, you know, you, you kind of do what you can do to, to figure things out along the way. And, and for me, it was kind of exploring what do I want to do and what's the impact that I'm, I'm going to make look like. Yeah, I love that. And you mentioned gratitude, Jeremy, which, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people say even, you know, I've had psychologists on this podcast who have mentioned the importance of uh Gratitude. And it really doesn't take a psychologist to remind us that gratitude is one of those things. But it's 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 easy, Jeremy, when life's going well for you, when everything, you know, everything's checking the box, you know, everything falls into place. It's it's it's, it's a decision of gratitude, right? You're happy because everything's but when things aren't going the way we want them to, right? It's mm-hmm. often yes. It takes a, a lot, a lot more intentionality, right? To be well, and it's it, right? it's interesting too, because it's it's kind of the like it's not a, a parable from anywhere, but like you could say it as a parable of, of two guys, right? Like you have two people that uh, walk into a city, right? You have one guy that walks in as a grateful person and one guy that kind of walks in, you know, like eh, people. Um, I'll tell you what, that guy that walks in, eh, people, he's going to get a flat tire. He's going to, you know, bump into something with his car. He's going to meet somebody he doesn't like that other guy. He's going to find a quarter on the sidewalk. He's going to make a new friend. He's going to get a business opportunity, right? You're attracted. Yeah. You attract these things when you're more grateful, man. Like it's, it's not, you know, it's not really science and it's not crazy. It's just like, you can kind of observe these things in life. If, if you want to find misery, you're going to be really good at finding it. It's the law of attraction. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. You, you mentioned, you know, going to school and, uh, you know, your dad wanted you to be, you know, a cop or whatever. Yeah. And I've, you know, we're all guilty. I, I don't have the makeup for that, man. Like, I'm not good with blood. Um, I am not a very aggressive person. Um, I just, yeah, I just don't have the makeup for that. <laughs> what does it take? I'd imagine it takes some level of grit, right, to, to stand up to whoever, no matter yeah. how well-intentioned that is, right, to say, mm-hmm. that's not quite, you know, where, 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 where my, 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 my life is, is destined, right? This is, this is it. How... And there are a lot of folks, I would say, uh, I would dare say, who are living other people's lives, living other people's dreams. Yes. How yeah. does one break away from that and, and you know, find course correct to find, you know, that path that, that's destined for them? Because, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that because I don't want to upset my friends. I don't want to upset my parents. Even though, you know, sometimes your parents have a lot of influence, right? But the point I'm trying to make is what does it take to be able to say, look, I understand, you know, this is what you want from me, but this is where I believe um, I'm, I'm called to be, right? What does it take to be able to identify, to recognize that calling on your life and, and, and say, this is, this is it, right? And I'm going to pursue that. If only it were that easy, man. Um, like, I, like, I think the part of it is some study, right? Like, um, you know, uh, I, I've been somebody that I, I've, I've 
you know, always read different philosophers and, and things like that. So I've, I've always consumed a lot of different things. Um, part of it is you get to a point where you're kind of like, what's the worst that can happen? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm already miserable, but I think you also like, cause, cause here's, here's the thing as well. Like when I started my network marketing business, um, I wanted everybody and their brother to join me. Mm-hmm. And, um, because you know, that's how you make money in that type of business. And my cousin, who was my best friend at the time, I just wanted him to look at it and he wasn't willing to do so. And we had a little bit of a spat over it. And I held a grudge because of that. And I didn't talk to him for seven years after that. And I actually ran into him one day, a couple of years ago and said, you know what, man, I was, I was wrong and I'm sorry. And I think sometimes we have to take a look at those things and realize just because people may not want that thing for us or want that dream for us, doesn't make they're wrong, right? Like maybe they had that dream and they lost that dream, right? Like people, people that get a dream taken from them, they, they don't want the same thing to happen to you. It's a protection thing. Maybe they're afraid of, of, of growing because if you, if you grow, they grow. Or, you know, there could just be some other thing at play. But like, I think when you, you have to understand, okay, I see where you're coming from. I get it. I don't agree with it. I'm going to do this. I'm sorry if you don't like it. Um, you know, let's still be cool. It's really hard to do that. Do you know what I mean? It's really hard to do that. But I've found through life experience, it's the best way to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And I want to talk about grit here. Um, if there's anyone who understands grit, um, I think you are. When you started your uh, your first podcast, uh, Rock Your Life, it failed. Um, oh, it was bad. You, you, didn't, you didn't stop there. You didn't stop yeah. there, but you went on and created another one, which saw 10,000 listens in the first 30 days. And this led you to speaking to most of your your uh, your heroes on stage and globally now you know gotten millions of downloads. Now you're you were named a top influence by Forbes and top uh, millennial influence by BuzzFeed. How does one go, or what what does it take, uh, Jeremy, for for a person to go from uh, failure, right? Um, to hey, I'm not going to stay down here. I'm going to try again. I'm going to keep trying until I get that right. What? Why didn't you stop there when your first one didn't didn't yield uh, the epic results that your next one? What, what was it that kept you going, or that wanted you to try again? I don't think your listeners are going to like this part, Fred. Um, it's kind That's of point, right. Let's you, you kind of keep you kind of keep failing, and you keep being okay with failing, right? Like. Um, because you're just kind of closer to the next time of it working. And and I think that's the biggest thing you have to learn, right? You look at, um, you know, Thomas Edison was like a thousand times before you find the, the filament in a light bulb. Um, or you look at somebody like, you know, Harlan Sanders didn't create Kentucky Fried Chicken until yeah. I think it was like 60s or something yeah. like that. So it's part of it is, you know, you know it, it, it's, it's, it's an interesting perspective on it because it's a lot of work. Like I, I got to interview... Um, former Eagles Hall of Famer, Brian Dawkins, uh, and B doc, he's a tough guy. He's, but he's not a big guy. You know, he was like just six foot. He came into the league at, you know, just 200 pounds. So he wasn't the biggest, he wasn't the strongest, he wasn't the fastest, but he was going to outwork every day. And I think that's what it comes down to, you know, the same type of philosophy I've applied is, you know what, if I lose, I'm getting closer to winning and I'm going to outwork every single day of the week. And that was the, the difference between my first podcast and my second. And I realized that the reason that the first one didn't work is number one, it just wasn't very good. Like it was crap. Um, number two was I didn't work hard enough to get it in front of people. I just had this idea. If you put it out there, you know, like people are going to find it and, you know, it'll get famous and it'll be great. Cause you know, there's only 250,000 podcasts out there um, at that time. Now there's like 3 million. 
Um, but like what it really came down to was doing a better job, right? Like creating better content, reaching out to people that I thought could offer better advice too, because I didn't really reach, I didn't really reach out to many guests, if any, the first time around. The second time as well, I sent out hundreds of text messages. I sent out hundreds of emails. I showed people in public places in the most embarrassing ways how to subscribe to my podcast. I Facebook messaged, I LinkedIn messaged because I knew if I could get enough people to subscribe, I was going to hit iTunes new and noteworthy and get eight weeks of free promotion. And that was going to help me get there. Now that plan's different now, right? Because how you launch a podcast has changed a lot since there's a lot more of them out there and new and noteworthy than the same. But at that point in time, I didn't have money. I didn't have connections. I didn't have a social following, but man, I was willing to outwork you. And I think that was really the big thing that, that I put in. Great. Great. And that's a myth buster. I mean, you know, you mentioned that, you know, podcast guests are going to be disappointed, but, but that's, that's the reality of it, right? The fact that something doesn't go the way we want it to, or the fact that we try and we fail, you, you name it, Amazon, right? All these folks, there's something to be said about persistence, right? Yeah. There's so many who resign themselves to the fact that, well, you know, it must not be it, right? It must not be my, it must not be my destiny because I tried and failed. So uh, let, let's, let's give it up. But there's got to be something. There's got to be the fire. There's got to be that burning desire to continue to do that as long as you know this is what you you're, you're called to do jeremy you've yeah. interviewed hundreds right of, of guests on your podcast what would you say is top question for you is there any particular one that stands out it's like picking your favorite child um you know i have two daughters right now i have a one-year-old and a three-year-old and they're both special in their own unique ways that's that's hard man there's been ones i've really enjoyed um you know like i'm a huge sports fan so like um, I got to interview uh, four-time Indy 500 champion Elio Castroneves. He's only one of three people in history to win it four times. That was pretty darn cool. Um, I got to interview like one of the like legendary, um, you know, kind of like leading hip hop artists of the early '90s, Kid Capri. That was pretty cool. Um, Chef Andre Rush, man. Um, you know that he, the dude claims to eat like seven chickens a day. I don't know how many any human being can do that, but he is huge. Um, and he's cooked for four different presidents. That was, that was pretty darn cool, man. So I've, I've been lucky to talk to some very, very cool people, um, go to some cool places as well. Like I've, I've gotten to speak in, you know, different countries in Europe and different countries in South America. And it's just all these things are, are because I've gotten to have this show and talk to these people. Like it almost seems like cheating sometimes. Love it. Love it. If there's one thing, um, I like to ask this question on every, uh, of every guest, um, Jeremy, yeah. what would you say has been a life's defining moment for you? I feel like there's been a few. There's there's definitely been a few. Like, um, you know, my current business, Command Your Brand, we we help people to get on podcasts as, as guests, and it's not the first version of it. The first version of it was was called Get Featured, and I we had a co-founder in that company. We did multiple six figures in our first um, six months in business, which was pretty awesome. And we just didn't see eye to eye. And he wanted to do one thing with the company. I wanted to do another thing with the company. Um, so for, so we basically split it off, but we had to you know, work everything out legally, which takes time. It's not fast, which means I had no income for six months and I had employees to pay. That was darn hard, man. And it taught me a lot about putting employees first, right? Because good ones are hard to find and you will do whatever you have to do to keep paying them. So that was important. The other thing is it, it showed me who I really am. You know, that I'm somebody that's willing to come out the other side of something and, and realize that kind of the only the only way out is the way through. Um, it's not running away. It's not finding somebody else to help you. It's, it's working through it. 
Um, so to me, I think there's been many defining moments in my life, but that was one of the toughest because it seemed like I had created this thing and this thing was going to be everything and it collapsed. And looking at it now, I've kind of kind of laughed because what we do now is so much better and more fun and, you know, kind of creates more goodness in the world. So it's you sometimes you got to give up good for great, man. I love it. I love it. One other thing that I like for my guests to do, Jeremy, is to speak freely to 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 our, to our audience or our listeners, um, someone watching or listeners right now who, you know, may have started or may have been dealt a significant blow, may have literally gotten, you know, uh, uh, the last rites uh, by from a priest and just living at the lowest uh, ebb of life. Someone about to quit. Someone about to throwing the towel. Yeah. And they're listening to us right now, they're listening to you, Jeremy, and how you're able to turn some of those um, or change some of those paradigms and mindsets, which holds us back, which is what this podcast is um, is dedicated to. What would you say to that person right now? I want to just, just, just speak freely to that person um, listening or watching us right now. Well, the, the thing I would say is we're all born unremarkable, right? Like we're all born, you know... Some of us like to put airs on and say we're better than others, whatever it may be, but we're all essentially born unremarkable. We are known by our deeds and we are seen by our deeds. So it's what you do and who you become that makes you extraordinary. And I think you have to, you know, number one, things are going to get tough and they're going to get hard. Never sacrifice your moral compass, you know, never sacrifice how you treat others, but realize at the same time, if you keep showing up, if you keep working, if you keep making things happen, creating opportunities for yourself, it may not be right now. It may not be a week from now. It may not be 10 years from now. But there is going to be something there that you can create and a window you can grab and something you can make happen. So it is up to you to find out that path to where you can become extraordinary and to make that happen. I love that. I love that. Couldn't agree with you more. Jeremy, where can our, our fans, our listeners, our audience, um, learn about you um social media you want to share any of those that we can uh, can can promote yeah i'm i'm at jeremy ryan slate on, on all social media and actually um speaking of you know starting unremarkable and and becoming extraordinary that's actually the title of the book i have coming out on on june 21st um so if people want to head to get uh extraordinarybook.com and uh, head over there and, and either order the book or pre-order the book, um, come back with their receipt. We're going to give them a free version of the audio book uh, and also our program, 30 Days to Extraordinary. So that's getextraordinarybook.com. All right. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast and sharing, you know, that inspiring story. It's, it's, I, I tell people the greatest satisfaction that I derive as a host of this pro podcast is just learning from folks like you, learning from everyday folks who had every reason to give up on life, but didn't do that, right? Who lived, who are living proof of the fact that we can truly challenge some of those paradigms and mindsets that hold us back. So I trust that you've been inspired by what you've heard. Check out Jeremy's upcoming book, check out his social media handles and, and reach out to him. Perhaps maybe there's something that he said that sparked your interest or that piqued your attention that you wanna reach out, reach out. This is how we become better. This is a ministry. This is what we do just to help you, our audience and our listeners become better. Jeremy, thank you so much for coming on and to your audience uh, for tuning in. We ask again, we keep doing this. Uh, if this has inspired you in any way, check out our, uh, our podcast page on iTunes. Leave us a review, leave us a uh, subscribe to it. This is how you know of uh, coming shows, but leave us a review. This is really how we grow. So again, 
Thank you in advance for doing this and to you again, Jeremy, for coming on. Until next time, stay well.